The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads. You've got the H-Track all-wheel drive so you can take on those dirt trails and kick up some mud. Or the third-row seating gets your whole family in to experience the thrill together. The dual wireless charging pads make sure that no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead cell phone. Think about those adventurous activities you can do, like me taking a ski trip up with the family, maybe going on a camping expedition, anything and everything. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Are you looking for a new basketball shoe? If so, this is Gary Parrish here to tell you that the New Balance 2-Way V4 features the groundbreaking use of fuel cell technology with fresh foam creating the ultimate combination of rebound and cushioning. Every step feels explosive and dynamic, and the upper construction features a lightweight textile that's supportive and breathable. So whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the 2-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the 2-Way at newbalance.com. Gary Parrish, welcome back to the CBS Sports Eye on College Basketball Podcast, where we sometimes discuss camel fighting dodo birds, leaky black. This episode of the Eye on College Basketball Podcast is presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more. Matt Norlander is here with me. If you're watching on YouTube, smash the like button like your Brandon Davies. You, you have consent. And uh, don't forget to also subscribe to the CBS Sports College Basketball YouTube channel while you're here. All right, let's get into it. We've made it to the final day of the battle for Atlantis. The title game, Memphis versus Villanova, 3.30 Eastern on ESPN. Villanova got here by beating Texas Tech and North Carolina. Memphis got here by beating Michigan and Arkansas. Degleg, we'll pick the game in the final four and one, which I now lead, by the way. Spoiler alert. Take it easy. Happy Thanksgiving. Spoiler alert that I now lead, by the way. But before we do that, um, I'd just like to get your thoughts on what you've seen from the Tigers so far. We've talked about Villanova um, after the Wildcats lost to Penn last week, but we haven't really discussed Memphis in any great detail. What do you make of Penny Hardaway's 5-0 and Tigers who could secure um, a, a third victory over a top 40 Ken Palm team a little later on this afternoon? Third victory in as many days as well. Um you may recall, although it wasn't final four and one, I did pick Memphis to win this tournament. So two out of three, got to get one more there. We'll see if it winds up happening again. We'll pick this game later in the show uh, specifically uh, to what Memphis is doing. Uh, it's, it's, it's coming out strong. Obviously he's yet to lose a game has played a, a relatively decent schedule so far. Five games in had a game at Missouri. Now Missouri is erratic at the moment, but nonetheless, it was a no doubt about it win on the road against a big six team. So that's a big one. And then it goes down to the Bahamas and it beats Michigan. It was close, but well-earned. And then it beat Arkansas, <clears throat> uh, as it so happened yesterday with the flow of Thanksgiving, you know, went to the in-laws, had the football on. I brought both computer and, <laughs> and iPad. I'm trying to watch a ton of this stuff at once. Uh, the Memphis-Arkansas game wound up being in the window that was the tightest in terms. Of, I tried to get eyes on everything, knowing that we had plenty to talk about in terms of recap for today and then preview. Uh, but admittedly, this was just the one game that I saw. Uh, the one game of consequence that I saw less of than any, and I, I probably caught about 15 minutes total of it. I know David Jones played extremely well, and that's very important. This is coming after um, Hardaway, uh, Ashton Hardaway the day before had had a pretty good game. So they've had... Um, 
they've had a good diversity of production over the past few days here, which is which is good because you know Caleb Mills. You know, if you look at the box score, he fouled out. hasn't been a big factor. He needs. He will be a better player, but hasn't been hasn't been that. Jordan Brown has been up and down. wasn't a huge factor. They won the game because of David Jones on Thursday. There's no doubt about that. And uh, some of it could be Arkansas. Arkansas, you know, it's four and two at this point. Has the has the squeaky home loss to UNCG, and then it 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 dodged disaster against Stanford on Wednesday. I was engaged in the majority of that game and Stanford, if anything blew multiple opportunities to win that. Uh, but the hogs got that win. They got to come back the next day. Memphis was ready. Um, and you know, basically it w- had control of the game for most of it, even if it was, uh, even if it was a tight battle for throughout, but, um, Penny Hardaway's got himself a good team and he's got himself a good team, even knowing that its roster is not what it was expected to be, you know, at the start of last offseason or even in the middle of the offseason without two contributors that were projected to potentially be involved. Uh, they're not there with Mikey Williams and DeAndre uh, Williams. But regardless, David Jones, who's got plenty of experience himself, uh, you know, that was a, I thought that was a really key performance there and to set up Memphis for one of its better starts of the past decade, if it can get a win on Friday in the championship game against Nova. Yeah, to your point, uh, Memphis's best freshman was supposed to be Mikey Williams. He is not a part of the team in any sort of real capacity. He's technically like uh, you know on the roster, but he's obviously not playing, not practicing. He's not even on campus. He's facing nine felony gun charges. I'd be surprised if he ever plays at the University of Memphis. Um, there was a, a, another alternative reality where DeAndre Williams would have been expected to be their best player, but he did not have his waiver for an extra year of eligibility uh, approved. So what Memphis was supposed to be, or at least what Memphis theoretically could have been, is not actually what Memphis is, like you made it um, like you made a point of, but they're still five and zero with three uh, top forty Ken Palm wins, and could add a fourth one uh, later today. And there's something you touched on that I think is important, uh, or 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 five and zero with two top forty Ken Palm wins could get a third one later today. The Missouri one's a true road win, but Missouri has slipped in Ken Palm down to uh, closer to one hundred than say the top forty. Um, Memphis has played five games and against Missouri, Javon Quinterly was the best player against Michigan. Ashton Hardaway was the most important player. And then against Arkansas, it was clearly David Jones. So they're getting it from different places. They don't need the same guy to go out and go big every night. And David Jones has really been great. He, um, for people unfamiliar, played two seasons at DePaul, played two seasons for Golden Gate Mike. And now he's at Memphis looking like the best player on a dangerous team. And oh, by the way, I think he turns 22 years old today. I think today's his birthday. Happy birthday, David happy Jones. Happy birthday to David Jones. Would you like to tell him, after we just wished him happy birthday, why you left him off your ballot for top 101 players in college basketball this preseason? Because I didn't. He was on my ballot. So he was you, not. I swear to God he was. Ask Marcus Nelson. Well, that might be Golden Gate Mike bias there. But the reason why that he played two seasons at DePaul and two seasons for Golden Gate Mike, I can't reasonably expect someone to come out of that kind of situation looking like a top 100 player. I could. I did. Okay. No, in all seriousness, I had heard so much good stuff about him in the preseason that I was like, 
There, there were people who I trusted who were starting to say he looks like he might be Memphis's best player, and I thought Memphis's best player was going to have to be a top one hundred one player in college basketball. Yes, sure, absolutely, and it's it's they're off to a to a nice start there after getting a pair of wins. We'll see um, what emanates later today, and again, we'll uh, we'll talk. We'll pick that game in a second. Can we pivot to uh, to to Nova? Well, I did, I did just want to make a couple more points uh, about this Memphis roster. Right. One is that everybody knows the age like that's that's been touched on or a lot of people know the age. And, and I'll run you through that in a minute, just so you'll have all the right information. But uh, Jason Munns from the Commercial Appeal, he's one of the Memphis basketball beat writers, uh, tweeted the following last night. Um, like this is remarkable uh, for a couple of different reasons. One is in game one of year two, which we've discussed before, Penny Hardaway started five freshmen. in. The semifinals of the battle for Atlantis, he started a one fourth year player and I believe uh, four fifth year players. It's a it's a very experienced roster. These guys haven't played together much, but they've all played a lot of college basketball. Um, As Jason Munz points out. They all like four of the five starters. Javon Quinterly, David Jones, Jaquan Walton, Jordan Brown committed to Memphis like in June, July. So in May, and this is not normal, in May of this of this calendar year, Memphis didn't even really have a team that looked like it could go to the NCAA tournament. There were no or very few competent players on the roster. And then in June, July, they hit on all these guys, and now they got a team that could win the battle for Atlantis. And yes, you hear it on every broadcast that Memphis plays this season. Um, it is worth noting. This is, if only because um, it's unusual for college basketball and it's dramatically different from where Penny Hardaway was just a, a few years ago. Uh, it, it's it's a, an extremely experienced basketball team. Javon Quinterly. Oh, I mean, hey, it's birthday week at Memphis. 27? Jones turns 22 today. Javon Quinterly turns 25 tomorrow. Happy birthday, Javon. Happy birthday to Javon, Javon Quinter. Do you want to explain to him why you left him off your top 101? You're out of your mind, dude. I had Quinterly easily on my list. Easily. Okay, I don't know that I had Quinterly. Yeah, I had Quinterly like top 70. I think I had Jordan Brown. And, you, want uh, explain, you want to explain to Javon Quinterly why you left him off your list? <laughs> it was an oversight. Yeah. It was your classic oversight. Right now. Yeah, it was your classic oversight by me. He was 0 of 6, by the way, against Arkansas. Yeah, well, there you go. Looks like he might have been on to something. Yeah, no, it's just, hey, it's just, hey, life is filled with ups and downs, dead leg. You're going to have some ups at Missouri and some downs against Arkansas. What's they say? Hey, hey he, he came from the SEC. Yep. He had ups against Missouri and downs against Arkansas. Perhaps, yeah. Hey, hey, and by, oh, you remember where he started his career, don't you? Yeah, he started against Villanova. Plot twist. Plot twist. Quinterly turns 25 tomorrow. Caleb Mills is 23. David Jones turns 22 today. Jaycon Quan Walton is 22. Jordan Brown turns 24 in 10 days. So at Memphis, no starters younger than 22. One former McDonald's All-American turns 25 this weekend. Another former McDonald's All-American turns 24 in 10 days. So in 10 days, the average age of the Memphis starting lineup will be 23.2. And that should not be considered a joke. It's a fact. And it shouldn't be ridiculed as much as it should be celebrated as growth and adjustment. Uh, like I said, Penny Hardaway used to rely heavily on freshmen. It didn't work as well as he anticipated or most anticipated. He has now pivoted into the transfer portal. And 
yes, he does have a freshman, his son, who is making an impact this season. But most of uh, most of of the good stuff connected to this team, um, they're Division One transfers who are who are uh, older than your your typical college basketball players. I want to ask you before we move on to Villanova about Arkansas. You took a lot of uh, heat for having the Razorbacks forty seventh in the preseason. Arkansas is now four and two, zero top sixty five Kim Palm wins, losses to Memphis and UNC Greensboro. You proud of yourself? Not yet. Uh, I'm going to Fayetteville in five days, so they're hosting Duke, and uh, and we'll see what they do here on Friday. I and can't believe you're going to even show your face in Fayetteville. Uh, listen, you're going to say something, you got to back it up, you got to show up. Okay, that's right. That's right. I'm breaking some news to Arkansas fans there. I don't think I'd uh, publicly let it be known. Hey, they'll be waiting for you at the airport. I, I certainly hope so. Arkansas uh, fans, I'll hit you with this flight info just as soon as yeah, I get. You it. absolutely will not. Um, Meet him at the airport. I, I bring that up to say let's let's see what happens here on on Friday, and then see how they respond. Regardless of how this goes for Arkansas, let's let's see if when they get that home court advantage against Duke, they've got some. They've got some good opportunities. All right, you got to play play North Carolina. We're going to North Carolina in just a second here, um, but yeah, that's going to be that game is going to be um, you know the loser of Arkansas North Carolina. You, you're smashing the panic button. Yeah, uh, smash the like button while you're here. Listen to the podcast as always. But you're smashing the panic button uh, if you're either one of those programs because you're going to go home from Battle of Atlantis with a losing record in that event. And with Arkansas, it would be three in the past four. And then you got to turn around and play Duke. Um, so the rare instance where a non-ACC team has got to play UNC and then Duke in consecutive games, obviously that doesn't happen too, too much. Uh, speaking of UNC and that, that it didn't win over Nova, um, Nova's yet, by the way, <clears throat> Nova's yet to lose in this event. It's 8-0 all-time in Battle for Atlantis. Keep that in mind as he gets ready to play Memphis later on Friday. Um Armando Baycott's got to be better. Uh, I watched the entirety of of, of its game uh, against against Nova. Uh, Cormac Ryan went down. I don't know that as we talk here on Friday morning. I don't know the status of his ankle. Uh, he was hurt. I don't. I don't know if he is gonna. I. I don't know if he's gonna be available to give it a go or not. But um, they certainly. If he were an NBA player, he'd be out three to five. Yeah, I don't know was, what a college basketball player was, does. NBA player, that's three to five. Yeah, Nova loses. 80, uh, Nova wins eighty three eighty one on Thanksgiving to uh, Nova over UNC. Um, Cormac Ryan was a big part of that. Uh, R.J. Davis had a team high twenty three points. Baycott only had eight boards, four fouls. I mean, he had eighteen rebounds, but on the offensive end, he just needs to be a bit more dynamic. Who was dynamic? Another guy I had in my top one hundred. Why didn't you? Are you about to apologize to Harrison Ingram? Huh? I don't think I need to apologize to Harrison Ingram. I think I probably had him top I, I think you definitely did not. You Either way, I'm not going to apologize to Harrison okay. Ingram. In he fact, had Harrison 20. Ingram should apologize to me. Okay, he had 20. He also fouled out. There was there were foul issues. Um, yeah, Carolina didn't get a generous whistle. Nova winds up winning in overtime. Uh, UNC. If you're a UNC fan, you just kind of like the antenna go up a little bit with this kind of stuff. You, there might be some flashbacks to what didn't happen or what did happen in PK 85 a year ago, albeit with a much higher number next to your name. North Carolina's 14th right now overall um, in the country. Uh, Nova got an incredible game out of Eric Dixon. He had a career high 34 points. Our our dude shot five threes and made three of them. I think he made his first three of those. I think he He just posted up everybody nonstop. He looked like a grown man playing against kids. 
And that's it. That is Dixon's game. I actually, when I was watching, I was like, this is why I like Dixon and why I like Nova because, well, you know, Nova forever has had, you know, <laughs> they just, they, they back down these guards nonstop. They're going to, they're just going to just back you down. And here's my ass and deal with it. And I'm just going to just post and post and post. I mean, Jalen Brunson turned himself into, you know, an, an incredible NBA player. And the foundations of that were Jay Wright said, yeah, you go ahead, fella, go ahead and post him up. And, and Dixon, I mean, how many players in the country actually play like Dixon does? I think it's, that's why I love the sport. It's just, a, it's a fun change of pace there. He was outstanding. Him and Justin Moore combined for fi- for 50 points and Moore had 16 points. Um, they got a little bit there from Armstrong. I actually thought Villanova, I thought it was a good sign for Nova in that, um, it won the game, but the whole time I was watching, I was like, they, they can get to another level here, and they never did, and they wound up winning, and uh, some of it was the benefit, being the, on the beneficial end of some foul shots. They also shot well. They're shooting pretty damn well overall from the free throw line in this uh, in this tournament, but um, yeah, I mean, Nova went to the line 36 times. Carolina went 23. That's not the sole reason why Carolina lost, but I thought it was certainly an impact there. Um don't know what your Thanksgiving day was like in terms of how it unfolded, but uh, but do, were you able to get eyes on this for a decent amount of time? And uh, your thoughts on on Nova kind of you know scooting past Carolina to, to meet Memphis in the title game here? Yeah, I watched uh, pretty much every minute of it. it, it a, a Nova Carolina was in the window where um, first stop. I don't know how you have to do uh, Thanksgiving. My wife and I we both come from broken homes. My wife and I both come from broken homes. Mm-hmm. So that means you got a lot of places to be on holiday. This is a real yeah. pain in the ass. <laughs> I got you. you I just through, if you can ever, as an adult, work through your marriage problems, I suggest working through them just so your kids don't have to go to a million different places on holidays. Yeah. No, just I hear like you. try therapy before you call it quits, you know? So you were scooting all around the greater. No, but, but this one was uh, mother in law's home. Same. And um, it's one of those deals where. Okay, we've eaten, and now everybody's just in their little groups talking. Mm-hmm. But I don't really have a little group. Yeah, you're not a little group guy. Uh, uh-uh, I don't really have a little group. So just, I just you're, I just you're a little guy guy. You're just you're on your own. Yeah, you were. Yeah, I was just over there. Like I was just over there with my brother-in-law watching basketball. Right, and there. so, uh, yeah, I saw just about every minute of it. And th- like that, every time I watch Villanova closely, I'm just amazed at how often their their little people score at the rim. <laughs> They're the best program in America at having little people score at the rim. There you go. It's hard for me to disagree with that. Uh, somebody, I'm gonna need some Bart Torvik to look. Can Evan Mia get a look on that? I need. I need some data to support my claim, which is nobody has little people score at the rim better than Villanova. That's my claim. I have nothing to support it. Just feels that way. They got it done, man. They were. Uh, they were efficient and. It, you're not going to get 25 plus from Dixon on a nightly basis, but if he's going to be able to show up like this and Justin Moore, I find to be highly reliable, then you just get TJ Bamba, Tyler Burton, the transfers from Washington state, Richmond respectively, like get them more involved. Mark Armstrong. I'll tell you this. It may, it maybe it happens Friday. Maybe we don't see it for three to six weeks. Mark Armstrong will grow into a more reliable lead guard. I, I expect that to happen. Um, I, 
it might take a little bit more time, but Nova's upside is still pretty strong and it has responded well to, you know, the loss in the Palestra to Penn, which was a shock to the system, but since then hasn't lost. And we'll see if it can get out of here. Uh, having been undefeated in the history of the battle for Atlantis tournament, got to get one more win in order to do that. Um, Carolina, I'll tee you right back up here, GP. Um, Cause we'll see what happens here. If, if UNC can turn around and get a win today, it would, it would be significant, but um, when I watched this game, I saw a Carolina team that has the personnel to overcome these kinds of games. And it went to OT. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like it was, it was, it was a close battle. But um, if UNC is going to be, you know, what it has, has been projected to be top 20 kind of level, uh, it needs to win these kind of games the way they play out more often than not. Um, and it just didn't, it didn't happen on Thursday. Yeah, I like I dropped North Carolina from the top twenty-five and one. Um, like I'm not going to give them the benefit of the doubt anymore. Yeah. Like I, I, I mean, I did in the preseason, obviously, but you just lost to a Villanova team that has been shaky this season, um, really for two straight seasons. Um, you know, they lost to Penn. Uh, I guess it was last week, early last week. So if if North Carolina bounces back and handles Arkansas. Then it's an easy move. I I can get Arkansas out of there. Arkansas would have three losses at that point, one to UNC Greensboro. I can push Carolina back in. But as of this morning, Carolina out of the out of the top twenty-five and one. They they I don't think this is going to be like last year, but it's certainly last year was one of those deals where you looked at the individual pieces and you go, that team should be better than it is. And it's just one overtime loss. I got it. We could be talking about Carolina on the verge of winning the battle for Atlantis. If, uh, you know, they get one stop here, make one shot there. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, they did just lose to a Villanova team that had lost to, to Penn last week. That's not a good, it's not where you wanted to be if you were Carolina. Want to get on to uh, doings on the other side of the country and the other ocean here? Oh, man, it's way over yonder. It is over yonder. That's for Man, sure. what they boy. I tell you one thing I know about Hawaii. It's way over yonder. I mean, I'm not a, Nope, you're not. <laughs> Purdue is six and zero after winning the Maui Invitational. Way over yonder. We'll get into that next. First, a word from our partners. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Purdue is 6-0 after winning the Maui Invitational in Honolulu. So the Bullermakers now own victories over the teams ranked 6th, 9th, 11th at Ken Palm. That's Marquette, Gonzaga, mm-hmm. and Tennessee. They're number one at Ken Palm, number one at Bart Torvik, number one at Evan Mia. They only got five first-place votes, Purdue did, in last week's AP poll. 
That was before the Maui Invitational was played. They should get, I mean, they should get all 61 first place votes when the AP poll updates this Monday, um, at least based on resume. It's possible the three voters who voted Arizona number one last week and the and the one voter who voted yeah. UConn number one last week, they'll just stick with the Wildcats and Huskies, and that, that's fine. That but is- the 52 voters who had Kansas number one should now flip to Purdue. So Purdue should get, I think, you know, somewhere between 55 and 60 first place votes on Monday and be the clear number one team in the country in the AP poll. Would you agree with that? I would agree with that. Um, and yeah, now that's, that should be the case. And a little note there with Purdue, um, it's going to be number one for the third straight season. And it wasn't until two seasons ago that Purdue had ever been number one in the country in the AP Top 25. So the program went you know, more than 100 years in, ex- in, it, in its existence. Um, AP poll began uh, you know, 65 plus so years ago. Um, it finally got there and now three straight years. And then how about this? Credit to Chris Foreman dedicated podcast listener, sports information director at Purdue. This was in his notes. When Purdue gets to this, when it gets to the number one ranking, this is stunning to me. It will be the first Big Ten team in history to get number one in the AP Top 25 in three consecutive seasons. It's never happened by a Big Ten. I don't know. That can't be right. That's wild. It just can't be right. I, I I saw I saw it in some game notes. So repeat it again. Let me make sure I've got this. <laughs> Purdue's going to earn the number one ranking. Right. Okay. It is going to m- make that number one ranking for the third consecutive season. Right. Yeah. It's going to be the. Th- it's going to be the only Big Ten team ever to get the number one ranking in three consecutive seasons. That can't. That can't be right. I, 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 I might have, you know, screwed up my notes here, but this is what I had. Yeah, I, no, I that can't. I'm going I'm to go look at this. I'm going to go look at this again because I couldn't believe it. Now, granted, it's squeezing in a ton here on a Thanksgiving Thursday into Friday, right. but I'm almost positive that's what he put in there. Yeah. Listen, um, I'm not here to to question Chris. Um it's just that there's a blue blood program in the Big Ten called Indiana, and there's no scenario where you could be a blue blood program and not be ranked number one in the country three straight years. Yeah, Indiana's in the Big that Ten, so I just don't buy it. I'm not exact, buying it. Okay, this is the exact note. Purdue is now. This is this is genuinely shocking. Okay, Purdue is now positioned to be ranked number one in the country for the third straight season. Yes, prior. that's totally believable. I be, Purdue is awesome. Is is the most believable no, no, part no, of this? That. Prior to twenty one twenty two, Purdue had never been ranked number one. If it were to happen, Purdue will be the first team in Big Ten history to be voted number one in three straight seasons. That's the part I can't buy. Well, I don't. I don't tell you. I, I mean, it, you t- you help me here. All right, is Indiana a blue blood program or not? I. I actually think that's up for debate, but let's no, let's no, let's watch. No, it's road. not. No, it's not. Indiana is a blue blood program. I, I, I don't think it is something that you can get and then are at no risk of ever losing. Okay. That's all I'll say. Indiana is a blue blood program that has settled into being the second, typically the second best in if, the state of Indiana, but is currently third and in, in, is at risk of slipping to fourth. All right. I just don't see a scenario how our blue blood program could go, not go, could not never in the history of, of its blue blood in the history of its blue blood, 
I don't see how a program could not reach number one in a country three straight years. That's crazy. I'm not trying to doubt game notes, but like I don't believe that. I just don't is. believe it. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be a Purdue game notes denier <laughs> simply because I can't fathom the idea that a blue blood program like Indiana could really let its in-state rival do something like this that it's never done before in all its blue blood. On a separate note, we are on, we are living in the golden age of Maui title games. Since 27, here have been the final scores since 2017 in the title games. 2017, Notre Dame beats Wichita State 67-66. 2018, Gonzaga gives Duke its only loss in Maui history, 89-87. 2019, Kansas famously beats Dayton in overtime, 90-84, to just the second all-time overtime affair in Maui championship game history. 2020, it wasn't out yonder. It was uh, down in Asheville, North Carolina. Texas won in the final second. Uh, who hit that? Matt Coleman, maybe? Um, 69-67 over North Carolina. Two years ago, wasn't an outstanding game. It was actually in Vegas, but Wisconsin did beat St. Mary's, and it was a two-possession game, 61-55. A season ago, Arizona over Creighton, 81-79, two-point game. And then here, we get yet another tremendous one with Purdue going up against Marquette, winning 78-75. Cam Jones had a desperation, you know, 39-footer that didn't fall. Purdue gets its first Maui championship title. Oh, it fell. It just didn't fall anywhere close to the rim. It didn't fall true. Okay, that's a little harsh, but accurate. That's my little homie from Memphis. He knows. He's now. He knows he's in my heart. He had. He had seventeen points. He did well for himself. Tyler Kolick. I'll commend Kolick. He had twenty-two points, seven rebounds, six assists, and went three games in three days. Again, uh, just didn't have a bad ankle. I've never been more convinced. He never actually sprained his ankle. Tyler Kolick looked looked terrific, but Purdue gets the win. Edie. Averaged 25.3 points, 13.0 boards, and 2.0 blocks over three games in three days. Braden Smith had 18 points, looked really good against Marquette. And then Lance Jones, I got another note from Chris Foreman, <laughs> made what is believed to be the longest shot in school history. He, Foreman, live update. He's watching the pod. Either he's watching or someone told him and texted him. He goes, hey, I'm right. Trust me. Sit <laughs> down, Gary Parrish. He's right. I just can't don't doubt him. I told you I don't doubt. I, ne- I never would doubt Chris. It's just hard to believe that there's a blue blood program in the Big Ten that has never done what Purdue has now done. That just seems crazy to me. Don't, don't be a Purdue notes denier. Okay, it ends right here, right now. That was. A, it's just hard to believe. That's, that's. I'm not saying I don't believe era, it. I'm just saying life. it's hard to believe. Yeah, exactly. Lance Jones made what is. It'd be like if you told me. If you told me, hey. Alabama is about to be number one in the AP poll in men's basketball for the third consecutive year and become the first SEC program to ever do that. I'd be like, hold up. What about Kentucky? It's a blue blood. This should be a rule. I think you can't be a blue blood if people in your own league are doing great things that you've never done. Can we make that a rule? I'm not going to go that far. Seems a little seems a little harsh. It seems a if, little if, if other I mean, schools in I, your I state are it. doing great things that you've never done, are you really a blue blood? Happy birthday, David Jones. Okay. Lance Jones sank an 80 footer at the buzzer before halftime. An outrageous shot. <laughs> the arc on that rainbow heave was ridiculous. Um note with this uh Maui tournament. So after going 
51 years without having anyone in the sport play the AP number one and number two team in back-to-back games. Two teams did it by nature of how the bracket fell. So Marquette and Tennessee were the first team since Loyola Chicago in 72 to do that. Uh, coincidentally enough, a little historical fact for you, Loyola Chicago is the only team to play number one and number two on consecutive days and win both of those games, but it wasn't the 72 team. It was the Loyola Chicago team that famously won the whole damn thing in 63 in the NCAA tournament. Um, big ups to Purdue. It it obviously is is has the best resume in the sport, going to be number one. Um, it, it's still going to get judged on what happens in March, but that doesn't mean it, because I was thinking about this. I knew we'd talk about it. Yeah, I get it, and I don't disagree. Purdue starts strong, gets wins over Gonzaga, Tennessee, Marquette, in addition to Xavier. You know, three of those teams would not surprise any of us if we look up and they're all playing in the Sweet 16 uh, later on this season. Doesn't mean that we can't acknowledge that Purdue hasn't done well so far and celebrate for what it is right now. Yeah, I get it. Like, it's it's going to be judged on not falling on its face in the tournament. Uh, it's still got more really good non-conference. Still got to play Alabama later this uh, later this non-conference season and Arizona. So they've still got two more. And already it's it's set up for such, for such a huge non-conference resume. Uh, ranks top five in defense, top two in offense right now. The guards do look improved. Yes, Purdue is going to take some losses. But, you know, it, it wouldn't have, if it had gone a different way, it wouldn't have stunned anyone in a different way. I mean, like they go two and one in Maui or maybe one and two. And if they went one and two, then we would have to have a real discussion. But that's not where we're at. We're at six and oh, number one team in the country. Number one, it was number one in predictives across the board entering the season. Obviously continues that if not strengthens its hold overall. And there is something to be said for doing that against this level of competition. This was the best Maui field ever. Greatest, really. November, December, MTE ever, as far as I was concerned. And statistically, that was the case with five ranked teams. And UCLA was ranked, then weirdly got booted when it was refreshed the poll on Monday. So it was it was six ranked teams heading into it, and then it was officially five when it started. Congrats to Purdue. I've got thoughts on Marquette, but give me what you got on the Boilers. Well, first on Edie, he is statistically very similar, if not arguably better, um, than he was last season. He's averaging 23 points, 11.5 rebounds, 2.8 blocks in 28.5 minutes per game. So his points are up 0.7 per game. Rebounds are down 1.4 per game. Blocks are up 0.7 per game. Minutes are down 3.2 per game. But that minute per uh, minutes per game number is a little manipulated um, because he only played 20 minutes against Samford and a 53-point win in the opener. And we've only played six games so far. So against high majors, Zach Eady is now averaging 31.8 minutes per game. And that's more in line with the 31.70 average uh, last season. He's just an awesome college basketball player who is picking up right uh, right where he left off. Um, and he's surrounded. And you mentioned Lance Jones. Like we got, you know, a lot of these guys Purdue is relying on are guys that we watched them win a Big Ten title with, Big Ten tournament title with last season. Um, Lance Jones is the transfer from Southern Illinois and he's averaging nine and a half points, 2.5 rebounds, 2.5 assisted 27.5 minutes per game so far, uh, this season. He's obviously good. He does make them smaller. Does that concern you at all? Like they, they go Braden Smith, uh, Lance Jones, Fletcher lawyer. I guess it's, it's a six, one, six foot, six, one, 
six four, maybe in the backcourt. That might hurt you in the NBA. I don't think that's going to bother you too much in college. I'm not that bothered by it. In fact, I do like the change of pace with that, especially if like you know, Braden Smith is is making good strides here. Um, Fletcher Lawyer, you know, he actually showed up relatively well overall. And you're getting like Miles Colvin, he's going to get some good burn. Like he's not small, small. He's 6'5. The two like newer names that are contributing majorly, uh, relative to expectation, I guess, um, are Jones and then Colvin, who's a freshman. Um, Lance Jones, obviously, senior, much older. But no, I, I, I like the, uh, I like the change of pace of that. There were a couple instances in the Marquette game where, um, you can, it would seem uh, when I was watching, it seems like the, the actions that they were running were specifically designed to get um, Braden Smith or lawyer or Lance Jones a look. Um, and then sometimes it would work and sometimes it wouldn't. And then <laughs> Edie's just seven, four, what do you want? Um, and our, our guy just, you know, there were two instances I remember where Oso Igadaria was straight up, you know, had his arms wrapped around Edie like he was a Black Friday special. I mean, there was just there was there was no faking it. It was uh, I'm just beat here. What are we? What are he we tried doing? to purchase that Edie? <laughs> it was at, there at was a discount. One, there was one where I think Shulman said on the call it might be a hook and hold, and then Billis was like, "It's a hold," because <laughs> he did. He just he just he just he wrapped him up, my man. Um, so I don't I don't think the. Uh, the size discrepancy is a negative for Purdue. I, I get where you're going, but as long as you're going to have Edie out there, and if you pair, it depends on the lineup you show up. Like Trickoff and Ren hasn't like hit yet. Yet we'll see if he does or not. But he's he's got some link to him. Caleb first is a bigger guy, so I actually like the different kind of looks and diversity that Painter can throw with those lineups. All right, just some other notable results from the past couple of days. The most surprising: Colorado State blasted Creighton. Do you see that coming? I I I did. Um, you did? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't. Uh, hold on. Before we get to that, I I did real quick on KU Tennessee. Let's just do Maui real quick, and then we can go because Colorado State Creighton. I do want to focus on um, Tennessee. Gets out one and two. Uh, Vescovy had a good game. Connect and Ganey had twenty six total between them. Uh, but Dickinson, man, seventeen points, twenty rebounds. Uh, Bill Self said afterward, "quote It was a great win for us today." We struggled last night and to bounce back in 13 hours to play a team as good as Tennessee and hang in there under some fairly adverse co- uh, conditions for some of our players. It was just a terrific thing and one that we'll look back on in February and be thankful for. End quote. He's right. Uh, McCuller and, and Adams played well alongside him. And then Dewan Harris continues to be a an understated, valuable point guard for how... Uh, capable he is of of greasing this offense he's at seven points to assist this season he's almost certainly going to finish top five in the country in assists per game and that's in addition to being one of the best defensive guards in the country and he is one of the best defensive guards in the country with a, with the frame that he has man he's he's not uh he's not overly athletic and super muscular he's not some six four um you know hybrid power point guard that's not what he is he's just a really really impressive player and to have that in addition to Dickinson being the first Kansas player oh by the way since Cole Aldridge you know 14 seasons ago to have multiple 20 rebound games uh, in a season and we are not out of November yet Um, good on Dickinson Kansas continued to shoot well it didn't the day before but Kansas has been one of the best shooting teams in the country and to do it against Tennessee on short short rest um that was that was impressive. So KU 
uh, holds it standing. It'll continue to be a top 10 team in the polls when they refresh on Monday. Uh, good on them. Tennessee, uh, tough deal. You got to play, you know, top two teams on back-to-back days. Can't get a win against either of them. Uh, Vols will still have chances, but at least the game was certainly a better watch than the one before. And then real quick, the late game, GP, I faded. I, I tried to make it through. About the under 16 of the second half, I was down for the count on the couch. Gonzaga, UCLA, late, late Thursday morning. It wasn't even Friday night on the East Coast there. I got to note that Anton Watson had 32 points. Best game of his career. Shot 14 of 15 from the field. Anton Watson went three for three from three-point range. This is like a significant development for Gonzaga. Um, Good on them. Even though it happened by nature of bracket play, I would love to see Gonzaga and UCLA somehow manage to play each other every season. They have a habit of playing close games. Gonzaga won this one 69-65. Gonzaga is now 97-2 and in its last 99 games against unranked teams. And as I, as I noted earlier, UCLA was unranked. It was 25th the, the week before. It didn't lose a game. Fell out of the rankings there. Gonzaga leads the all-time series with UCLA 6-2 to and has won four straight dating back to Jalen Suggs at the buzzer in the 2021 Final Four. UCLA's got some inter- intriguing promise, but goes home 1-2 and two in Maui. Now, to your point on Colorado State, holy hell. That was the that was the stunner. That was the let me check the scores here. Wait a second, what is going on? Creighton just non I'll, I'll say it, non-competitive, man. Um, and this is a major, major development for Colorado State for the Mountain West. Um, CSU in terms of resume, first of all, you have to have them ranked, right? Don't don't even think about telling me that it beat Creighton on a neutral and you did not have them that team undefeated in your in your rankings now. Colorado State is 6-0 and now ranked 17th in the top 25-1. and one. And where do you have Creighton? 18. They See how that works? Ass. You, they kick their ass and you have them only one spot behind on a neutral? I don't know about that. I just can't, I can't believe Indiana never did that. I just, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know about that. Colorado State's first top 10 win in 40 years, almost. The, uh, trivia time. Okay. I don't even get this unless you look unless you looked it up. Who was the top ten team Colorado State beat in nineteen eighty four? Indiana. <laughs> Enough. Who was the top ten team? Indiana probably wasn't in the top ten. I guess Purdue. Purdue would have been in the top ten. I'm sure. Not Purdue. It was Texas El Paso, ranked fifth in the country. Wasn't you even did. like a great Colorado State team that season, but they got a top ten win. Good for Nico Medved. Uh, CSU led. Early, led big early. Creighton never threatened, man. Creighton shot 28% and only made six three-pointers. That's the fewest in a game so far this season for the Blue Jays. Isaiah Stevens, real ones know. It's one of the best point guards in the country. He went for 22 points, seven assists, six boards. Right now, the Rams rank fifth in the country in effective field goal percentage. That's a major development there again. Um, For Creighton, okay, maybe it's one stinker. Circle back a little bit here. They got notable games coming up, but for Colorado State, seed line, oh, seed line bump. If I've ever seen one, that oh, is just, seed line bump. That, that is huge. That is a huge. It's the one that it's the one result over the past forty eight hours that nobody saw coming. Like maybe Colorado State could have kept it competitive, but you know, no one was thinking CSU in the money line. So, congrats to the Rams on getting that done and uh, and getting again getting it done definitively definitively to move up into top 30 realm and predictive metrics and just 69 to 48 uh, completely shut down a Creighton team 
that I'll say Creighton's point totals prior to this, 105 points, 89, 92, 82, 88, 48. Um, I'm looking at the schedule who Creighton plays. I'm going to say Creighton doesn't finish under 60 again the rest of the season. Uh, under 70 almost certainly will happen, but I don't know if it'll be held to below 60 points again. It is a really good offensive team. CSU just had it. Creighton did not. Arizona in Palm Springs in f- at, defeats Michigan State 74-68. I want to be fair to Palm Springs. Crowd looked pretty good. I didn't see Bo Ryan anywhere, by the way. And I, I was see looking, Bo Ryan either. I was looking every time into and out of the break, every quick pan to the crowd. Bo Ryan, where are you at? I thought I my the way I pictured it was like I'd turn on Fox and Bo Ryan just be sitting there by himself. Like nobody else in everybody else in Palm Springs is like, uh, we're not. Are you crazy? We're in Palm Springs. We're not going to a college basketball game. It's nuts. We're in Palm Springs. <laughs> we're going to watch a stupid college basketball game on Thanksgiving. The crowd looked good. It did. Arizona looked great. Uh, I wouldn't say it looked great. I th- okay, I th- how about this? Arizona looks great. It, it it's it's getting it done, and that's the team. I think I don't have this statistically, I, and maybe it's Purdue after the. Um, it probably is Purdue after Maui, but Arizona. How about this? Arizona scheduled with intent to have Tommy Lloyd wanted to have one of the very hardest non-conference schedules in the country, and it's gotten through a lot of it and hasn't taken a loss yet. There's even more coming. We'll get to that on future shows when uh, when Zona still got uh, big big games remaining, including against Purdue. Tommy Lloyd is now 13 and four against AP ranked teams since he got to Arizona. Uh, that's an outstanding record against ranked competition, obviously, and they're getting. And credit to Michigan State for it. Like, MSU was down and it rallied. It got down by what? 14 or 15 points in this game and did take. It got the lead late in the game. And and I thought that was an important development for an MSU team. Don't tell me you have this team ranked. The, the, I know that they've taken three respectable losses, but they're three and three. You do not still have them ranked, do you? I do. Okay, you're out of your mind. Um, you're out of your. You're out of your. No, mind. no, no. They, they they can earn it back in. To have them ranked right now, to me, I think is a is a misstep. Personally, they're three and three. I, I think you're a misstep personally. Okay. Um, do you have the undefeated James Madison Dukes, who, according to Torvik, have a top five resume so far this season? Do you have that team that beat Michigan State on its floor? Do you have them ranked yet or no? Nope. Yeah. So okay, keep the score. All right, there we go. Um, my 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 early season rule. I believe in you if I believed in you until you prove to me that I can no longer believe in you. The problem with that is you are taking it strictly from your own personal bias and point of view. And there might be a certain level. It's until I don't have any personal bias (laughs) in your own rankings. I have no personal bias in any aspect of my life. Zero. Oh my gosh. Okay. Zero. And, 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 and uh, similarly, if I didn't believe in you, I continue to not believe in you yeah. until you make it clear that I must believe in you. Yeah. And I and I'll be honest, when James Madison beat Fresno State's brains in the other night, yes. did it start to occur to me maybe I should believe a little more? Yes, it started to occur to me. But here's the truth. And I mean this is I'm not even joking around. I'm I'm cuz when I talk about these types of things, I know that these are the types of words that can matter. Um, to a program like James Madison. So I, I, I don't, I'm not joking around here. I'm not trying to be funny. Um, the only reason, not the only reason, the main reason people are, the main reason James Madison is ranked right now is because they won at Michigan State to open the season. And hey, 
That's obviously great. It was an overtime win when Michigan State was one of 20 from three. Michigan State shot 5% from three. That's an anomaly. That will never happen again this season. And so if Michigan State shoots three of 20 from three, that outcome might be different, and we wouldn't even be having this conversation. James Madison is still, and I know there's preseason bias in this, but all the way down at 67th mm-hmm. at, at, at Ken yeah, Palm. I'm reminding you, if you remove all preseason bias per Torvik, James Madison is a top five resume in the sport. I'm just, just letting you know. Yeah, here's the thing. Here's the I, thing. I, I, I'm, just, I'm just, in fact, it's third. Right now, per Torvik, the best resumes this season. Purdue is one, Marquette is two, JMU is three, Arizona is four, and Memphis is five. Colorado State is six. Okay, well, let me say this. You know how much I love Bart Torvik. You know how much I love sorting data. Yeah, you didn't sort this one. Okay, it's outrageous that somebody would suggest James Madison has a top three resume in the sport right now. They have one top 95 win, according to Ken Palm. Okay, take it up, Torvik. I'm not taking it up with anybody. Take I'm, it up with them! I wouldn't. I love Bart Torvik. I love sorting data. So you what would I agree that Purdue has the best resume. Marquette should be in that conversation. Arizona, Memphis. These are teams that should be in the conversation, but James Madison just should not. I'm telling you that James Madison does not have a top three resume in the sport. All right. I'm telling you, James Madison is off to a tremendous sport, uh, start. I'm happy for them. I wish their football team would be allowed to play in a bowl game. I have great respect for the fourth president of the United States and his vice president, George Clinton. But James Madison does not have a top three resume in the sport. That's crazy. Okay. I mean, that's nuts. You would agree that's nuts, right? I wouldn't rank a top three, but okay, I would. Good. We agree. Let's move on. Okay. <laughs> let's let's move on and quickly wrap on this game. We still got to do the final four and one. Good God. I'm leading, doing? by the way. Kashad Johnson. Whew. Man, talk about a get in the transfer portal. Arizona, Arizona has good balance overall. Um, but between him, Caleb Love was, you know, he had some good spots and some not so good spots. And we had some the story of his life. I know chatter in the chat earlier about that uh, in terms of what love brought, but overall uh, having him on the floor better than to the cause of winning the game. Uh, Arizona has gone six straight games, having five players get to 10 points or more, five players in double figures, only team in the entire country that has been able to do that this season, uh, a major advancement for Tommy Lloyd's program. In addition to what they can do defensively, Shouts to Jaden Bradley. It was his big shot with about a minute 25 to go in the game that gave Arizona the lead back, and it wound up uh, it wound up winning. I continue to be impressed by Tyson Walker. Uh, he will be that guy. I was curious if he would be this season for MSU, but he clearly is. Uh, A.J. Hogard had, had 15 points in the loss. The big problem for Michigan State is it continues to get beat on the boards in a way that it hasn't been for the majority of Izzo's career. We'll see if that... if. We'll see if it can grow out of that or if this is going to be a season-long thing where MSU is going to have to outshoot its opponent and continually be losing the uh, the board battle on both ends. It happened again against Arizona. If you watch the game and watch the flow of it, yes, MSU made a push and they were able to come back. But uh, the rebounding thing is a major, major, major issue for them. And this is an unusually rocky November for Michigan State. Yes, it, it has taken plenty of losses against good competition over the years under Izzo in November and December. But we don't often see Michigan State, you know, look up around Thanksgiving and it's sitting there at 500. And that is the case right now with Sparty and some recalibrations on where I think it lands in the overall hierarchy in the Big Ten, I think is fair. Are you ready to get to the final four and one? 
I'll just give one more shout out to a Big Ten team. Wisconsin beat uh, Virginia and SMU to get to forty four and two and steady its season a bit. So that was a good uh, a good development over the uh, over the past couple of days. Um, but otherwise, yeah, let's uh, let's get to this final four and one. We're we're running a little late here. I don't know if you've been keeping up with it, but I am leading the final four and one just like always. We're gonna get into that next, but first, another word from our partners. Okay, picture this: it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The final four and one is presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more. GP season record, six and four. Dead leg season record, five and five. Do you see Dolly Parton sing We Are the Champions? Uh, I the get when when it went to halftime, um, I had there were two other hoops games. So that those games had had the volume on. Uh, Dolly Parton was on, um, but it was on mute uh, a heck of a i mean dolly parton one of a kind i mean just goat goat goated no doubt about it i what i entirely goat. missed because it happened on our drive from our house to what i was trying to tell you is she was singing it for me she wasn't um six I, and four I in the final four missed one. i entirely driving from our house to uh to the in-laws i missed jack harlow's apparently um inferior halftime setup I here's didn't the problem it. here's the problem i didn't see it at all they set him up to fail. I saw a picture of this thing. Man, what are we doing? Hey, first off, I've noticed this before. Jack Harlow. Jack Harlow became that guy that got invited to perform on every award show that's on TV. Like he reached that point where you could just bet on it. Like, hey, what's on tonight? Oh, it's the uh, it's the Grammys. It's the BET award. Whatever it was, MTV Award. Oh, Jack Harlow's performing. He's all, it, talented. His songs are not good for television performances. There's not a single song that that hits on on television. And so he's just up there being talented, but it doesn't play well on television. And then they they spent nothing on his set. Like your your set, it, it, your set. <laughs> is we invested more in your set. Yeah. Than they did in Jack Harlow's. They set him up to fail. I, I felt bad for the guy cuz he's like he's getting dragged yesterday. And uh, he seems like a nice fella. He didn't deserve that. He did his best. He did his best. That's all we can ask. That's all you can ask from somebody. Just do your best. Best you can is good enough. Yeah. There we go, Nada. What's game one? Game one. Friday. 3.30 p.m. Eastern. It's Villanova versus Memphis. Inside the Sydney Poitier Arena in Nassau, Bahamas. You can watch it on ESPN. Villanova minus three. 
Did you know? This was Buddy Healed. That was a different spot? Yes, it's a different spot. We're in okay. the Imperial Arena now. Okay, what was the Buddy Healed one? I think that was something different. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, oh, this yeah. is Sydney Poitier Arena. Did you know Sydney Poitier was uh, born in the Bahamas? Who doesn't? Who doesn't know that? Okay, ha <laughs> ha! Trick. He wasn't. He wasn't. But he 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 was raised in the Bahamas. You and- got me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I got you! Look oh, how I dumb you look now. now. I tricked you, Norlander. <laughs> how about this? He's from the Bahamas. His parents went on a holiday to Miami, and his mom delivered him in Miami. So he's te- he was technically born American, but only because his mom had him when they were on vacation. Okay, but he's okay. He's Bahamian in his in his family tree. Is that what you're saying? Yes, his mom and dad both from the Bahamas. He was raised in the Bahamas, but he was technically born American because he was born on a vacation. It'd be like if me and my wife went to uh, Greece and had a kid while we were in Greece. Had us a little Greek freak. <laughs> Man, I could have had a Greek for you. I didn't even plan it that well. I assure you, your offspring would not be referred to as the Greek freak. Why don't more people do that? Why don't you? It's why like don't you get pregnant first, and yeah. then on your due date fly to Greece, deliver your baby, and have a little Greek freak? We are picking Villanova against Memphis. What's the line? Villanova minus three. You can watch it on ESPN. I'm going to keep this short. I picked Memphis to win this tournament. I'm not going to shift off of that. Uh, We have a good... And credit to anyone here for the YouTube. Anyone that got in in advance of the games, because this is a good Friday. We're going to set a show podcast record here in a minute in terms of picking games day of. Uh, I will go Memphis to win this one and get itself itself a conch shell. Conch shell and some marble. Walk out, fly home with that big Battle for Atlantis trophy. Tigers... Cover, Tigers win straight up. Man, a football program just won the Battle of the Bones trophy a few weeks ago. That's a that's a trophy of ribs. Yeah. To be able to bring this one home mm. so soon thereafter in what is a rematch of the 1985 Final Four. It is, isn't it? It's my first bad sports memory. Set me up for a life of disappointment. My first sad sports memory is Villanova. 52 Memphis State 45 in the 1985 Final Four. I went back and watched the final seconds this morning. Do either of these teams get to 45 by half today? No. No. Yeah, I'll say no. But that's just to say. I'm taking that guy. Hey, what do you want me to do? Give me Memphis plus the three. There we go. Bring another trophy to the Bluff City. Game two Friday, 5.30 p.m. Eastern. Number 13, Baylor. Versus Florida inside the Jay-Z Center in Brooklyn. Did you know Jay-Z was born in the Bahamas? Stop. He wasn't. You can watch this one on ESPN. Oh, by the way, had a good Thanksgiving argument last night. My mom's watching the Memphis-Tennessee game. Walk in. Uh, uh, Memphis, uh, Arkansas. Wait, where did did Memphis play Tennessee in football? Memphis, Arkansas. I'm sorry. What's going on? (laughs) My mom's uh, watching Memphis, Arkansas. And she's like, hey, do you know this girl? Do you know this woman? Like, she's really excited to tell me something. And I said, Dolly Parton, mom. And uh, I said, whoa, whoa, whoa. Hey, calm down. We'll slow down here. What? Why are you so excited? She's like, do you know that woman right there? Do you know her? I was like, "Uh, no, I don't think I've ever met her. She said, that's Andrea Carter. Andrea Carter. I said, "Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm familiar with her work. I just, I don't think I know her. I thought that's what you were asking. She said, you know, that's Jay-Z's sister. I said, I don't 
think that's Jay-Z's sister. She said, yeah, she played basketball at Tennessee. And she's Jay-Z's sister. And I said, I don't think that's true. <laughs> and she said, well, I looked it up. Jay-Z has a sister named Andrea Carter. And this is Andrea, Andrea Carter. And I said, you realize there's probably multiple people named Andrea Carter in the world, <laughs> right? <laughs> I don't have to tell you this. And so I had to spend part of my Thanksgiving Googling pictures of Jay-Z's sister to prove to my mother that it wasn't the woman doing sideline reporting on Memphis, Arkansas. That's neither here nor there, though. Oh. Quite the Thanksgiving for you. That's quite the... Uh... Hey, it's better than some arguments people have on Thanksgiving. That's true. Some people were probably arguing about Roe v. Wade. Yeah. Not at my house. We were arguing about Jay-Z's sister. Yeah, no, that's a good point there. Um Baylor has won 14 of its last a typical swerve here on the pod. Baylor, 14 out of its last 15 regular season neutral site games. Baylor wins 14 to 1 in that stretch. Obviously, we've got another one coming up here on Friday. Um, Florida's looking solid so far this season. This is a but this is a good test. This might sneakily be one of the best games of the day. Um, Florida has been pretty quality on offense so far this season. 86 points or more and shot 47 or 47% or better from the field in the four games that it has won. Um, Walter Clayton, who I anticipated, not Riley Kugel, Walter Clayton, who I had on my top 100. Are you about to apologize to him too? Everyone's like, Riley Kugel, Riley Kugel. No, Walter Clayton's going to be the most important player for this Florida team. Okay? Six of eight shooting from three, 20 points, 10 rebounds. Um, the other night, nice win over Pitt. I got to go Baylor here though, man. At Baylor top five in the preseason. I'm not going to shift off shift off of that. Um, this is the event. No disrespect to the event, but um, the NIT tip off. It all it gets played the Wednesday before Thanksgiving, the Friday after. That Wednesday before Thanksgiving is is almost always a friends and family only special. Man, like that is it, to have to play a game on Thanksgiving Eve in Brooklyn with no regional ties. And that building is just seems depressing as hell to me. So credit to both those teams for getting the win. It should be a little bit of a better vibe today. I will go Baylor to cover the five. Jacoby Walter, the one college basketball player named after both John Morant and Kobe Bryant, averaging 19.2 points, 4.8 rebounds, 1.4 steals for Baylor. Six five guards making 41.9% of his 6.2 three-pointers that he's attempting per game. That's a good way to be a top 10 pick, isn't it? He's for real. He's the truth. If Many reasons to tune into this kind of game, but in particular, let's see if Walter can have another huge day. He's been every bit as much of the hype player as he was made out to be coming into the season. And you touched on it, but just sort of a reminder of where we're at with college basketball. Here's Florida. Top three scores, um, all Division One transfers in their first years with the, the program. Walter Clayton, Tyree Samuel is another one from Seton Hall. Uh, 13.8 points playing a fifth year of college basketball. You know me, I'm a member. I'm basically a member of the Drew family at this point. feel like I'm basically a Drew. Could have had a little Greek this freak. Bryce, just, and I don't care. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. Me and Bryce are basically brothers at this point. So, uh, yeah, I got to take Baylor. What are you talking about? Homer would be Homer would be dis you you hey you think I want to spend Black Friday on the phone with Homer trying to explain to him why I picked against his son? No chance. Game three. Friday, five thirty PM Eastern. Iowa State Virginia Tech inside Davy Johnson Fieldhouse in Orlando. You can watch it on ESPN two. 
Iowa State minus six. Why'd you pick this game? Out of curiosity. Because I wanted to make sure you understand that um, if you remove all preseason bias over at Bart Torvik, do you know where Iowa State is? Behind James Madison? In front? Significantly? They're off to a good start. Virginia Tech, by the way, rally to beat The boys. top five at Torvik right now, if you, rec- if you remove preseason bias, mm-hmm. BYU is number one. <laughs> Pick 13th in the Big 12, currently number one at Torvik. How about that? They also destroyed. I did not watch Arizona State. A complete evisceration on Thursday night. BYU, Houston, Purdue, UConn, Iowa State is five. I don't know, Iowa State. TJ Otzenberger got another nice team once again. Yeah, well, and and TJ has has made something of a habit here since he got this job at, at having really strong starts and obviously getting to the tournament two years in a row. This team is set up to do it again. Defensively, it's good. Uh, Lipsy is the guy. I mean, he is a second-year point guard right now, averaging 15.6 points, 6.4 assists, 4.6 rebounds, highly efficient. Um if you haven't seen Iowa State yet, it is it is time to tune in here on Friday. Virginia Tech was able to flip the script on Boise State. I thought Boise State was going to win that game. Uh, Mike Young's team, which has a loss to South Carolina, which doesn't look as bad now as maybe as, as it as it maybe looked two weeks ago when it happened. Um, good opportunity here. Uh, I got bad news for you, man. Mm. You got to go against me on Game Three. Mm. Uh, I'm going to take Iowa State to win and mm. cover on this line which means you're taking the Hokies. Oh, man. I'm basically like an Otzelberger when you think about it. No. I have to take Virginia Tech. I mean, you know what? I'll stick with my, my own philosophy. You don't have to do it. You made this rule out of thin air and continue to abide by it. So, yeah, I'm taking You realize it. if I just pick the same game you pick every game for the rest of the season, I will win. Uh, unfortunately, you don't have that ability because on the and one you pick it before I do so I will have the ability to go against you when I see the time to be right damn it yeah yeah I always you. there's always a flaw with my plan step ahead alright fine I'll go for Virginia Tech but I don't feel good about it it's not what I want to do Davey Johnson born in Orlando manager of the 86 Mets okay game four Friday 7 p.m. Eastern Number 17, Alabama versus Ohio State. Inside Emerald Lagasse Arena. That's not that's not his name. What's his name? Lagasse. Is it? I don't think it's Lagasse. Is it Lagasse? I think it's Lagasse. Can we get a chat, a chat update? Phonetically spell it out. I think it's Lagasse. It is Lagasse. Oh, there we go. Well, just, well, that's dumb. That's dumb. The voice from above. It is Lagasse. <laughs> he 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 bought a home in Destin, Florida. I gather that uh, this is this is your pick. This is who you're naming the arena after. Yes. Oh he, man, he changed his name to Lagasse and moved to Destin, Florida. Started a new life. He's not in witness protection. Yes, he did. That's yes, he is. He entered witness protection, well, changed his name to Emerald Lagasse, ever. And, and settled yeah. in Destin, Florida. You've knocked off one vowel off the end of your name. Yes. yes. He's in disguise by removing one letter from his name. 
And he moved to Destiny. Moved to the Panhandle. The Florida Panhandle. Those beautiful white beaches. You don't know nothing about the Florida Panhandle. I don't. Admittedly. Yeah. So Emerald Lagasse. Wink, wink. <laughs> That's where we're going to play this thing. You can watch it on CBS Sports Network. Damn right you can. Alabama minus seven and a half. Alabama, we have not yet talked about this season on the pod because it has beaten Moorhead State, Indiana State, South Alabama, and Mercer. Right now, number one offense at Ken Palm. Best three-point shooting team in the country. Alabama's making 49% of its three-point attempts. I promise you that will not be the rate when we look up uh, a month from now, let alone at the end of the season. That's why the line is what it is, by the way. Ohio State is 3-1. and one. It lost a game at home against Texas A&M two weeks ago. Its other wins have come against Oakland, Merrimack, and Western Michigan. Uh, this is a tough read here. I'm going to say that's a pretty big line. They're playing this one in... In Niceville, Destin, Florida, right? Uh, I'll go Buckeyes to cover that number. That's a big number. I'll go with I'll go with Chris Holtman. He never gets enough credit. I will go OSU inside the number. But of the five we're going to pick here, this one to me is shrouded in the most mystery. Alabama best wins over Indiana State. Yeah, which is ooh, but man, they getting real close to Indiana at Ken Palm. It's a battle for third between Indiana State and Indiana right now. Purdue comfortably in first. Butler in second. And then it's Indiana third, Indiana State fourth. But it's close, buddy. It's close. Indiana better thank God that Alabama was able to handle the Sycamores or else we could be having a different conversation today. Um, Mark Sears for Alabama averaging a team high 19 and a half points. And both the transfers have been pretty good. Estrada, Aaron Estrada, Grant Nelson. Yes, for sure. Um, Estrada's at 15.3 points. Grant Nelson's 13.8 points. Emerald Lagasse, 11.2. Coming off the bench. Sure Coming did. off the bench. Boom! No, is it? What is it? Bam! <laughs> I don't know. I know. I don't even know who this person is. Okay. I just saw his name on Wikipedia. Everything I know about everything I get from Wikipedia. Yeah. I don't know anything else about anything. It's, let's not follow that advice throughout our life. Just having... No, the only things I know in life, they're not things I learned in school. They're things I learned on Wikipedia. I, I'll take Alabama just to go different from you. Yeah, don't take what you think is going to happen. Don't take just to be different from me. That's how That's how you blow a lead. That's how you get mounted. I feel like I'm. I feel like my lead is surmountable. Insurmountable. No, 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 no. It's 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 as mountable as it gets. I feel like I have an insurmountable lead. Statistically, it doesn't get more surmountable than this. You think I'm going to be surmounted? Yeah, I don't think. Are you? You're predicting me uh, to, to be I surmounted. Am I am inevitable. Yes. Damn it. Well, I don't know what I think. That's the problem about getting my age. You don't even know what you think anymore. You know. I'm taking. I'm taking Alabama minus the seven and a half. I thought it was eight. It's seven and a half. Okay. Might have, might have been outdated. Either way. All right. Other games to watch before we get to the end one, and we are going to hustle here. Uh, Carolina, Arkansas is your one Eastern tip on ESPN for third place in the Battle for Atlantis. We'll talk about that game regardless on the Sunday episode. Oklahoma, USC, three, th- 
packed football day, particularly over t- tomorrow on Saturday. Friday's got some stuff, but man, there's a lot of hoops here. So hopefully you're able to make in some time in between uh, the Black Friday shopping. Oklahoma USC is 3.30 Eastern on Fox. That game's going to be in San Diego. Uh, Oklahoma, uh, it, it, no doubt about it, win over Iowa. Really impressive stuff. USC squeak pass. Oh. Wow. <laughs> Well, I did what? <laughs> My computer almost fell. What is happening? <laughs> that was rough. That was a tough situation. I almost had a fumble. Okay. Oh man, Parrish, you still a little stuff from last night, buddy? No, baby, I slept good. Okay. I'm 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 reading my games off. I don't have you on my screen. I honestly thought you fell out of your chair. I didn't know what no, was no, going no. on. Ah, uh, a little peek behind the curtain. That's how the magic is made. Okay, continuing. Texas Tech, Michigan, 6 Eastern, ESPNU for fifth place in the Battle for Atlantis. Juwan Howard is back on the sidelines. Have you seen any of Michigan's past two games? So Phil Martelli is still the acting head coach. That's weird. Well, it is weird. And there I think, I think, listen. Throughout these games where you got Martelli standing up at, at one point on the sideline and about 8 to 10 to 12 feet to his right, Juwan Howard also standing up and barking out commands. But Martelli is still the acting head coach. It's a, it's an unusual dynamic. That's all I'm going to say. What if they just decide this works better and this is the way they're just going to do it from now on? <laughs> Co-head coaches. I, if I were, if I, it, listen, Juwan and everybody else can do whatever they want. If yeah. I were the head coach, I would be like, if I'm on the bench, I'm coaching. If I'm not, yeah, that's if just, I'm not coaching, I'm not on the bench. And there's more, and I know GP knows this, but for our listeners, like, there is more that goes into like prep for a game and who's the acting head. Like, there are actually duties behind the scenes that people never see. But if you're going to be on the bench and you are paid as the head coach, like, you just be the head coach. Like, you're there. What what are we doing here? But it's still, it's still Martelli. It, it just there was because I didn't know. I was watching. Wednesday, and I don't know. I tuned in at some point in the first half. I don't remember when. And I was watching for all of maybe two minutes, and then I see them panda Juwan on the bench, and I was like, oh, he came back. I was like, there wasn't a release. Did I miss this? Because I wondered if maybe at the last minute he might. I was like, okay, cool. He came back. And then a a beat later, like it pans out, and it's got Martelli barking out orders. And then a beat after that, the way I process this, I was like, wait a second, what the hell's going on here? And then I went and found, I was like, Juwan Howard's made the decision to sit on the bench. Phil Martelli is still the acting coach. And I was like, this is a strange vibe. This, I don't know about this, but you know what? If anything, I say we do it for the rest of the season. Just lean into it. Why the hell not? If you haven't seen this yet, you can watch it later on tonight. Six Eastern ESPN U, Texas Tech versus Michigan. Uh, NC State plays BYU 1030 Eastern ESPN 2 in Vegas. BYU, the best team in the country, According to Torvik, uh, Saturday and Sunday is super light, uh, but two mid-majors to note. Furman at UAB and Vermont at Bradley. Uh, I would take the over of 2.5 of those teams being in the NCAA tournament in 2024. Keep an eye out. Okay, and one podcast record here. Never happened before. We are inside of an hour until this game tips off on Donald Duck Court. 11 a.m. Eastern down there in Florida. After a really impressive show, GP, it was it was a, it was an impressive showing on Thursday by Florida Atlantic. They beat Butler ninety one eighty six. FAU against Texas A and M in the semifinals. A and M is a three and a half point favorite against Dusty Mays Owls. Who you got? God, A and M by three and a half. 
I either got to pick against Buzz Williams or against my owls. That's not that's not where I wanted to spend Black Friday. Our friend John Rostein just tweeted that uh, Nick Boyd out for this matchup against AM. He was out yesterday as well. Didn't stop him against Butler. Well, Butler ain't Texas AM. It's not. I spent five months screaming about Florida Atlantic. I can't bell on them now, can I? You can do whatever you want. I don't feel like I can do what I want. I haven't felt like I could do what I want in a long time. Do whatever you want here. I don't feel like I'm allowed to do what I want to do. You're doing a 75-minute podcast the morning after Thanksgiving. Who loves you? Not sure about that. I'm going to ride with my house. Get inside that number? Yeah, plus the three and a half. I don't feel great about it, but I don't feel great about anything. You know what? I'm going to take AM and I don't feel great about it either. So we're on opposite sides of this game, and both of us don't like it. So <laughs> somehow it's going to go against both of us. Don't know how that's possible. Don't don't these, think it is. Uh, these teams might find a way. I will go AM here to cover three and a half. I do not. I want to let it be known. I don't feel good about this whatsoever. Hey, I and as we wrap this, life hack out there. Life hack for the for those who may not be aware of it. Pumpkin pie for breakfast this time of year. Whoa. Completely allowable. It's a great... It didn't even dawn on me until a few years ago. I don't know if I ever brought it up in the pod. Pumpkin pie for breakfast, or if you're a sweet potato pie. Either way. Allowable for at least the next five days. It's healthy, too. That And that's the bonus part. Is it's so good for you. There's going to be at least one person listening to this pod's like, I never considered that. But yeah, it absolutely makes sense. Get in there. Pumpkin pie. Oh. I'm going to do it after. I, I didn't eat before we did the pod. I haven't eaten yet either. I want to get some pumpkin pie once we turn off the pod machine here. I wonder if, I wonder if I got some pumpkin pie downstairs. Get into it. It's the move. If not, I could get that fella Emerald Lagasse. <laughs> okay. I think he's gone from Lagasse to Lagasse to Lagasse. Yeah. Okay. Oh, Emerald Lagasse. Too much, too much pumpkin pie for breakfast. You might be You might be Lagasse. So just keep an eye on that seems like a perfect place to yes. That seems like a perfect place to end this debacle. Shouts to Devin Downey. Shouts to Chester, South Carolina. Shouts to Terry MF and Teagle Legends. Shouts to Huck, Larnell, Emerald. Thank you guys once again for watching. Listen to the Iowa College Basketball Podcast. If you're not subscribed, please go subscribe anywhere you subscribe to podcasts, including Apple and Spotify. There's more of us than there are of them. That should be reflected in the comment so knock that out we're gonna talk to you again on uh sunday night till then take care when you have sports mixed with your pop culture along with humor and celebrity interviews your earbuds are enjoying the rich eisen show dan orlovsky are you still a Jaden daniels is the best quarterback available in the draft guy i think the three things that make it stand out for me are number one i think his ball placement versus man coverage is the best in the draft every quarterback in the nfl is accurate he's got the best on tape number two most transferable stuff to the nfl and then i think the third thing is pocket peace search for the rich eisen show on youtube or wherever you listen